Welcome back to the Complete Inbox Podcast. I'm back to singing the intro. I think I Excellent. should just like make a thing out of this. What do you think, Phil? I think it's a great idea. I think uh, it's a good use of your natural born talent. Yeah, as long as we stay away from the country side of things, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. I don't know if I can, I mean, I could probably do a twang being that we're from the Midwest. I just choose not to. It's a good choice, I think. <laughs> uh, so anything new happening in your world? We're actually recording this uh, with a seven-day stretch. I mean, we, there's uh, this is the least amount of time I think we've done this. So we're pumping these out now with the fury. But uh, So anything going yeah. on in your world? You know, uh, not particularly. It's, it's just been uh, pretty busy at work lately, um, which is actually good. That's, I've been, it's been a good week at work, but a lot being covered. And just kind of, oh, man, yard work this past weekend, just grown-up things, uh, lots of grown-up things. But um, it's my birthday this week. Uh, technically, it's tomorrow. So I'm excited to uh, finally break into that um, Skyrim VR that I've been talking oh, so much about, thinking yes. so much about. So, yeah, I think even tonight I'm going to kind of get that stuff prepped. And a lot of it's going to be mods and a whole bunch, like a slew of software to run it all. It's, so it's, it's a pain in the butt, but I think it'll really pay off. Dude, that's going to be legit. And I really want to come yeah. over. And, I mean, I've never actually played Skyrim, um, but I think the VR version would be pretty legit, no doubt. Yeah, I think so too. And when the really kind of neat thing about it as well is uh, Bethesda hasn't exactly shunned the modding community like Rockstar and some other major AAA software uh, companies have. And so you end up with a game that while it was released in 2011, and that's technically what I'm buying, this VR one, it's just the stock or whatever, not necessarily stock, but 2011. Um, but all these mods that are out for it are just they've really picked up the graphics, really just added all kinds of really cool stuff to it. Um, so in active mod communities, it's going to it's gonna look like a 2018 game in the VR headset. So I'm, I'm pretty jacked. It's going to be great. That's pretty awesome, dude. Congratulations on that, man. May your journey bring you to the light, lightness of day. I don't know. I was trying to, be, <laughs> Good. I was try, I was trying to Gandalf there, and it didn't really work. You know, that fits within Skyrim. I feel like that's, that's a, an appropriate quest completed message from some npc yeah. for he who walks behind the rose kind of thing yes right? <laughs> <laughs> how was your how's your week been anything new with you uh you know it's it's uh it's been a week the semester is finishing up next week is finals week um so yeah uh, getting excited for that did some yard work myself got the mower out finally this weekend tore that apart and then i mowed again today because you know i my lawn is now becoming my baby so i went out and bought mm-hmm. an edger uh, so I can get those nice clean lines along the driveway and stuff. It's uh, excellent. I sent my brother this message, you know, asking you what I was doing this weekend. And I told him, I was like, well, I'm going to mow my lawn and then I'm going to buy an edger and I'm going to tear it up. And he's like, oh, you're so different now. You're so grown <laughs> up and I'm not and blah, blah, blah. This is a uh, man with a baby, by the way, who's calling me sure. grown up. Um, oh, yeah. And so I was like. Yeah, maybe, but also, like, check this box out with this cool tool, and I sent it to him, and he was laughing, so um, <laughs> I got to play with it a little bit. I still need to work on my edging game, but uh, I'll get there. Uh, but tonight, so I mowed the lawn tonight, and then immediately afterwards, uh, Ellen and I uh, are tanning because we're going on vacation uh, after finals week, and so we're trying to get that, that base coat, so I'm trying to jersey shore up, you know what I mean? So <laughs> Sure. There, I don't look like powder from the movie Powder. Uh, there you go. That's that's sort of my main goal. However, that's funny. so usually when I tan, all right, I, apparently I'm going I'm to talk, talk to you like I'm a veteran of tanning, all right? 
Usually sure. when I tan, I hit I get a stand up bed because it I feel comfortable knowing that I'm not gonna like bust through a tanning bed if I'm standing up in it, right? So I just stand there, I sure. chill, it's whatever. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Ellen's like, listen, like if you get this kind of bed, it will be comfortable and you're gonna enjoy it and you won't feel like you're gonna fall through. And I'm like, All right, I'll bite. So the gentleman today <laughs> Uh, I told him I wanted what I called super bed. I was like, yeah, man, give me one of those super beds. And he's like, all right. So I hop in super bed. Yeah. And I get myself all lotioned up. By the way, this is for, you know, all of the Jesus. people listening who are really interested in, in me <laughs> lotioning up, putting on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that good base coat, right? Uh, so I'm lotioning up and I get in this bed and I'm like, all right, cool. I lay down. It's It's sturdy, which is good. That's number one, my number one concern. And number two... It's 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 kind of comfortable. I've got my jams on. Uh, She's like the wind by Patrick Swayze comes on. I'm thinking, yep, <laughs> I have made the best decision I could possibly make. She's like the wind, which is probably oh, what wow. you know made me sing the way I sang at the beginning of the show. So when I'm in this bed, right, and the guy who led me into said room was like, yeah, here's these buttons. You push this for this, this for that. And I'm like, yeah, dude, great. Like, I don't really care if my face is uneven with my body. Like, I'm just a guy whose girlfriend says I should go tanning, right? So I, then I start pushing buttons while I'm in here. I'm three minutes into my session. I'm like, it's time to push these buttons. So I push one button, and the sun lamp that's on my face goes down. I'm like, hey, this is great. My face is kind of warm. Now it's less warm. Then there I find go. the fan button, turn that up. I'm like, now we're in the game. Then I find a button that's got a like a frost, like a snowflake on it. And I'm thinking, this is probably what I need in my life. So I hit said button and I shit you not a mist of cool water comes shooting all over my body. Wow. I just was expecting a little bit of air conditioning or something like that. That's what I was expecting too. Like, Hey, maybe we'll cool this down a little bit. Nope. And I was like, all right, that was great. So I got the one time splash and I'm thinking, Hey, there's this other button here with a snowflake on it. What does it do? Hit the button, and guess what? It starts shooting cool mist every few moments. Jesus. It was like... It sounds I like was, one of the... Well, I was, was going to say, awesome. it sounds like one of these Japanese toilets, man. There's, you might as well have a button just to play music on it and heat the seat. and <laughs> It's a very sophisticated tanning bed, it seems like you've found. The super bed, no less. What I want everybody to do is I want you to imagine laying down listening to She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze with a cool mist on your naked body. It's got to be top five feelings in the entire world. Oh, my gosh. I imagine when they made the movie Dirty Dancing, this is exactly what they envisioned when they released the soundtrack. Me, a large man in a tanning bed, listening to Patrick Swayze. I agree. I think that's – I would have loved to have heard that pitch meeting. Where somebody's like, hey, listen, so it's a movie, it's really based on a man in a tanning bed in 2018, but wait, we're gonna, we're really gonna represent that by this, this poor, uh, poor neighborhood, rich people come visit it in the 50s type of thing. It's really, and it, it, you know, it ended up being a landmark film, and uh, yeah, man, that's awesome. Imagine the movie Footloose, but with no tanning, and then at the end, everybody yeah. tans. <laughs> yeah. And then it's DJ yep. Pauly D doing the remixes to the songs from the original movie Footloose. So that's there's how a I part of me. Picture my movie. 
there's a part of me that was not even part of me. All of me was genuinely surprised to learn. Uh, I haven't followed anything, and I'm, yeah, after this, I'm sure I'll shut up, and then we can get into the video game stuff that people want to listen to. But Jersey Shore, you brought up DJ Pauly D. I had no idea that man is as successful as he is. Dude, Holy that smokes. dude is like mad successful. Mad successful, absolutely. Like a garage filled with Rolls Royces and stuff. It's yeah. wild. And even like before he was on the show, he was still doing really well with DJing, which is. Oh, uh, see, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Pretty cool. But that was awesome. my night, man. That was my night. And then we went to JC Penney's, and Ellen picked up a new swimming suit for. Wow, that's uh, for vacation, which terrified me because it's got a lot of straps and loops on it, and I was like worried that I was gonna have to like put this thing together, and then, <laughs> you know, I I fail, and then vacation's sure. ruined. Oh man, that's the best way to ruin a vacation ever. <laughs> But I, well, I that's enough your, about Rich Green and his desires to sing She's Like the Wind While in a Tanning Bed. Uh, next week, I'll tell you what song I sing um, when I'm in the bed next time. So uh, be be looking out for that, folks, out there in <laughs> podcast land. Uh, but okay, Phil, let's go ahead and get started. We got uh, some things that we need to cover, some things we need to close up. Uh, Sega is in the news more than once over the last week or so, which I think is quite insane. Yeah. Uh, right? But so Sega uh, is releasing a mini version of the mini Mega Drive, which is essentially the Sega Genesis, but like the original looking one, which is what I had uh, when I was a little rich. Um, mm-hmm. So let, I guess let's talk about this Sega releasing this, and it sounds like they're doing it on their own, but maybe they're not. You wanna you wanna weigh in on this, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. So they. They've had partnerships with this company um, called At Games um, for a, a series of years now, and At Games has released um, hardware, basically plug-and-play level stuff. Certainly, these consoles have preceded um, the Nintendo Classic Mini right. and some of the more recent uh, kind of standard bearers of a successful retro throwback console, right? And have made but many different versions of like a They Sega sure console. have. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like probably going back about 10 years. And they have all, every version has been invariably not great. Um, right. Down to the video quality output. Um, sometimes it's, I mean, they do end up having a pretty good selection of games, but, um, you know, some even times that's been lacking. So, all this to say that as soon as Sega announced that they were going to try to do a little Nintendo Classic Mini equivalent, they did it with the kind of fanfare that they had never done with their previous ones because it was more just kind of selling off IPs and trying to make a buck type of a move with that games in the past. So this time a lot of people were like really excited. They're thinking, holy shit, like Sega's really taking this seriously. We're going to end up with a really great little console. Um, and a lot of folks who have are very nostalgic for the Genesis were excited to really get, they, I think they probably saw what Nintendo did with their classic mini and was just, you know, bummer <laughs> like in comparison to what had been done so far with that games. But uh, then, of course, At Games puts out a tweet that basically announces that they're coming to market with this new Sega thing, and then Sega quickly, uh, well, I assume it's Sega, the At Games took that post down very quickly because the backlash came fast and came hard. So, I don't know, it's just more of this, uh, it's just kind of a very cra- uh, cash-grabby thing. I, at the same time, who knows, it's been a number of years, I think it can probably even be argued that the folks at At Games have gotten probably better um, each time they've well, released one of these. Well, you would hope after the, uh, the yeah, right. they put out. 
Exactly. So, hey, maybe they'll get it right. Maybe with Sega's blessing and with, who all we know, maybe enough funding or just kind of push on it, maybe they'll actually put out something that um, is really uh, kind of meets that standard bearer the Nintendo set, and uh, which I don't think is impossible to do, right? Like, the, while the Nintendo Classic Mini and the SNES Classic Mini, while they're really cool and they did a great job with designing it to be you know, easy to navigate, having a really great collection of games. It's not like they had to split the atom to do it. So, um, yeah, hopefully just this time around, even though At Games is the one manufacturing it, it'd be great if uh, this new little Genesis Mini that comes out will actually satisfy the people interested in it. I think this is one of those cases where Nintendo is finally rewarded for being so careful with their own brand. And they're able to make more money because they have not licensed out their other things, their games other than with in themselves. Sega, yeah, however, I, I think it's just oversaturation at this point, and you called it a cash grab, and I totally agree. It's mm-hmm. just really there's. I don't think there's anything on there that's going to make me want to buy it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, okay. So like, I mean, I loved Sega because I we've talked about this. I was a Sega kid more than I was a Nintendo kid when I was younger because that's what I had. And I, there are a few games that I absolutely cherish. Like, you know, of course, the Sonic games, Quackshot, um, Road Rash, and for a weird reason or whatever, the PGA Tour Golf 2 um, was a game that I played the crap out of because me and my dad played it together. So, you know, I just, it really doesn't surprise me, but... Even if this is Sega putting it out themselves, they just don't—they don't make hardware anymore, though. So I mean, how would they even do it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's, at that point, it's all just going to be, um, you know, licensing it out, and that's kind of the same thing we're seeing with Atari. Um, as we, they continue to trickle little bits of detail out about their new upcoming, <laughs> not a throwback, but a throwback. I don't know what the hell it is they're selling, but right, that VCS yeah, or whatever. The yeah, we'll right. Talk about that. Yep. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I really, but like you said, though, um, and Nintendo being careful, absolutely. I think that they really did see the long game, right, of the yeah. value of their intellectual property. Other folks, I think, well, you know, they are privately held. Um, I don't know if their board members are necessarily, you know, companies get traded and then they just kind of get gutted. And I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that some, you know, Sega, for all we know, has been restructured a couple of times. They've had console failures in the past that had just been devastating into probably hundreds of millions of dollars. So, um, yeah, I think when you lose a few times like that, it probably, it can put all your intellectual property and the decisions you make as a company in jeopardy. And Nintendo, on the other hand, while they've had some failures, Wii U and so on, they've just got so much money in the bank, right, that they're always concentrating on the long game. And, uh, yeah, I think that it's certainly paid off with these retro releases, that's for sure. They're always looking ahead, always. Always, yeah. Um, I just, Sega, to me, they had some really great ideas. And you can never forget the marketing ploy they did in the 90s against Nintendo. <laughs> sure. Putting themselves yeah. in Nintendo. It's, it's, now it's comical. But then it was a real big deal. Yeah. And I, oh, man, I, I completely agree. Yeah, and I read the book. I don't know if you've read the book Console Wars. Um, it's sort of no, like a... But I, part real, part fictional tale of, like, the war between Sega and Nintendo. And I believe at one point Seth Rogen was making the movie, but I'm not sure. I know he wrote the foreword for the book, but I'm not sure if it's 
actually still in production or not. I haven't heard much about it anymore, but yeah, Sega versus Nintendo has been great. I just, this right here, if they were to make like a Dreamcast remake or something along those lines, I think more people might be interested because the Dreamcast was, I thought, a great console. It just didn't get enough push and enough sales to like make it worthwhile. Um, and that and is that, that point, console is ahead of its time for sure, totally yeah. ahead of its time. So I mean, I still love playing my Dreamcast uh, every now and then. I mean, Tony Hawk Two for the Dreamcast is one of my favorite games of all time, and I don't even like skateboarding in real life. But anyway, but yeah, yeah not- I, I've actually never really messed with the Dreamcast very much. Uh, I I admire it. You know, it's one of those things where you can't you can't deny that some of the titles on it were just absolutely one like huge titles like to change the gaming landscape you think of like some Shenmue what now that probably doesn't look so sharp but when you see kind of what these open world games were going to be like yeah. um yeah absolutely the Dreamcast has just got some awesome titles to it had some neat technology built into the system but I like a lot of people uh just never got it and uh it's too bad because yeah it was just a really a really great game but I think hell a lot of us were probably feeling a little burnt Still, even off Sega Genesis, they kept kind of throwing these little chintzy console add-ons out there, and uh, the Saturn didn't really resonate with me either, so I think I'd kind of given up on Sega by the time the Dreamcast came out. Soul Calibur was a pretty legit game. Um, the 2K sports franchise was pretty cool, uh, between NBA 2K and NFL 2K, and the NBA 2K games still, um, they sell a lot of those games, so... You know, when Sega came out with those things, it was a, it was a pretty big deal. Um, but yeah, we'll see how this goes. I'm just I'm not amped. I'm not as amped for this as I was for Nintendo. But then again, I'm a Nintendo collector, uh, and even the NES Classic, I really have no interest in that much. I mean, if I get one, I get one, and it's great. But I don't have that much interest in owning it because I like legit own all the carts that are on the system. So if I want to play anything, I can just play it it's a little different with the snes classic where you know earthbound and final fantasies you know i don't own those because they're kind of right at this point priced out for me to just go out and grab whenever i want so right because we'll see absolutely sega not out of the news entirely either again with (laughs) uh i don't know if you heard about this bud but a sega game gear game sonic 2 actually sold from a retailer last month like the game yeah. itself as brand new sold last month how does that even happen right i i have no idea so there are so the people who um are really kind of more on the inside of this type of um stuff don't either uh so a lot of the reporting is by its design pretty anonymous um it's hard to really backtrace individual items but if i in looking into a little bit i found it really kind of fascinating too a lot of it is almost kind of modeled after, I guess, the Billboard stuff, where back when we used to chart record sales all the way back into like the 60s and 70s. And so uh, basically there was a point of sale system somewhere at a major retailer, not just some little little game shop. And uh, they sold a brand new copy of Sonic 2 that came up on the register as Sonic 2, like for Game Gear. Uh, and uh, we, nobody knows why. There's assumptions that it may have to do with the liquidation of Toys R Us stores that if yeah. for whatever reason, uh, maybe they found old stock and they basically just sold it all to themselves to kind of finalize some records, which for me, I guess makes some sense from an inventory standpoint. That might be the case, but uh, 
yeah, it's, it's really kind of crazy to imagine that. Because, uh, gosh, how old is that? That's got to be, what, a 25, 30-year-old? Um, or yeah, 25 years, probably. Yeah, came out in the early 90s, man, for sure. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So about 25 years old. So I crazy hated to imagine that. Game that. Gear. I had a Game Gear. I hated it. Oh, man. I, I, you know what? I finally got one, too, and I just thought it was going to be the best thing ever and the same. It, it, I wasn't a big fan. The battery life on it was hideous. And I think I only had, like, one game. It was Sonic 2. It was one of them. And then the other was uh, Mortal Kombat. But I know that I've, you know, people have gone out and collected consoles, uh, obviously, in the years since. Handhelds are no exception. And uh, what's kind of a bummer is that the Game Gear has suffered. It doesn't age well. The scre- it's got one of those old, you know, they tried to get a color screen onto a handheld back then, which was, I think, probably a pretty significant achievement. But it comes at the cost of not perfect hardware. So you get a lot of screen bleed and all of mm-hmm. that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it was super ambitious at the time, that's for sure. Right. That's for show. Um, I would love to just run into a store sometime and just run into a brand new version of like The Legend of Zelda still in the box. Like That would be pretty dope, if we're being honest. You know what? That would I wouldn't be- rule it out in our conversations about Nintendo. Who knows? Wouldn't it, if, at least right. if they ever did it, it'd be on their terms. But yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Even better, a little Samson. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, <laughs> it just cracks me up. So when I heard about this, actually, some of my students came in my office and, and were telling me about this. Like, Rich, dude, they just sold a brand new Sonic 2. Like somebody just went out and bought it for the Game Gear. And I was like, I wonder what that's worth. Like, what is that game <laughs> actually worth? So I checked out price charting dot um, com, which is like you can check like the prices of retro games and a new inbox Sonic 2 on pricecharting.com is worth a little over $7. Oh, good. I didn't think so it'd be worth So it's not like much. somebody That's... hit the jackpot by buying this. Nobody found a Mickey <laughs> no. Mantle card in their attic. Uh, right. By any means. But, you know, I, I like to take my eye or check out the the market on those things. And if it were like an actual Sonic 2 itself, let's say a Genesis style brand new, then it's worth 60 bucks. So. Yep, exactly. A little it's like if somebody bought a brand new copy of Ghostbusters 2 on VHS, you're like, whoa, <laughs> how did that happen? What's that worth? Oh, $7. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Wait, you yeah. want $5 for a used Kenny Loggins record? Well, he signed it himself. <laughs> All right, I'll give you four. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments from that movie. Half-Baked, everybody check it out. It's got drugs in it. Uh, okay. Speaking of drugs, no, not, we don't want to, we don't insinuate anything, but our, uh, our friend, hot sauce man, Billy Mitchell, <laughs> just, this, this is the man that will not go out down without a fight. Uh, he is sure saying won't. that there's witnesses and documents that are going to vindicate him on all this stuff. And Phil, if you don't mind, I'm going to lead off with this. Haven't they already proved beyond a doubt that this man cheated with a main yeah. cabinet. Yes. Like at this Absolutely. point, it's almost like Donald Trump esque where he's just lying right. in our faces and yep. expecting us to just eat this shit until something else bad happens. And we just forget about <laughs> this lie this week. Yep. Yeah. I was actually just going to say, I, I, it, it makes sense in the age of fake news, right? Where or era of fake news. So yeah, it just appears that despite, as you said, clear conclusive evidence that he was using a, a MAME cabinet he had gone on record and said he had not and bef- you know like it he'd lied and then he lied about his lies 
and, and all of this. And now, you know, witnesses and documents. Do you know whose witnesses and documents I trust more than Billy Mitchell's? Anyone's. Like, <laughs> there's no way. He's so full of shit. He's demonstrated that. Um, at this point, it's really, again, kind of like the whole fake news and, and really, I guess, the by extension of that, the Trump White House, I guess, where I think he's really speaking more to his base than he is gamers as a whole, right? Like, he's saying that because I think despite the allegations and despite the fallout that he's been on the end of with uh, Twin Galaxies, he has, you know, he's still got a lot of people. There's I've seen people even in, like, little uh, gaming groups that I'm a part of on Facebook where just occasionally somebody will put up a post and there'll be some conversation. There was some posts about Billy, and a number of them were just saying, basically, well, he is gaming, and why can't we just let this go, and it's stupid that we care, it's 30 years old, like, just a bunch of bullshit. Um, but it's because, you know, you've got people who, it just, they're just going to be a fan of someone regardless, and uh, and even if they are caught in it's, well, as it's much a, in a cookie jar as a, he was. It's a big fucking deal, because he has tried to keep other scores from being posted because they weren't done live. And Mm -hmm. he's been one of the, one of the referees and the, the face of this organization saying it has to be done one way. And then you go out and do it the way that everybody else is trying to do it. And you shit on him for it. So like, I understand like Billy Mitchell, the only thing he has is this, right? Is his, popularity among gamers and his scores and his mystique that's all he has and once that's gone like there is no billy mitchell and you're just another guy selling hot sauce at that point so yeah i mean i guess i understand why he's trying to and there's no denying that billy mitchell can video game i don't think anybody's saying he cannot video game yeah Uh, absolutely. i think history would say that you know mr billy mitchell is a good video gamer but at the same time now it's like give it up Right off into the sunset. Well, at this point, there is no sunset anymore. It's more of a coffin. Nope. But you right, know, it's it's. I'm. I don't. Can we not talk about this anymore? Yep, I'm with you. I think that uh, to give Billy Mitchell any more of our time would just kind of play to his favor anyway. So no. Uh, so long, dude. Uh, it sucks that you burnt a legacy like that just because you were kind of. You know, you do anything that's necessary to get yourself onto a virtue. You know, it's so unimportant in a way, right? It's just high scores. Like, it's it's really good to be passionate about this thing that you're great at, and but to cheat at it, I don't know. It just, it sucks. Like, you, you can't do that. To hell with them. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of high scores, let's get on to our next thing. Um, so, uh, come to find out, there may be a way to remove input lag when you emulate this is something yeah. I really, mm, I hope for. All I want in life is to be able to hook up a piece of machinery to a new TV and actually play it the, may, the way it was meant to be played. That's all I want. I haven't been able to do that forever because I really don't want to lug my big TV out of my garage to play right. Zelda and speedrun. And I love speedrunning some games. Yeah. But you can't do that really anymore unless, of course, you have a space dedicated to do so. Yep. But coming through with some of this software to help maybe eliminate this input lag, I really hope it means better gameplay. Phil, tell me I'm not going crazy. No, um, not at all. I think uh, 
Well, so first off, it is only for emulators at this time, but that shouldn't necessarily deter anybody. But that um, includes Raspberry Pi, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Well, really, uh, to be more specific, it refers to anything running RetroArch, which is at this point the ubiquitous uh, retro emulator on all these uh, Raspberry Pis and Picades. Mm-hmm. And uh, hell, it's actually um, it's what people use when they mod these uh, Nintendo Classic Minis, like uh, my modded Mini, um, my Super Nintendo Classic. It runs a RetroArch emulator for the Famicom and Nintendo Entertainment System, so okay. it stands to reason that, that it may actually get that coded in, and then I could update the emulator to include this, fingers crossed, because that would be great. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, whenever you end up with a game for the most part and it's being put onto uh, an HD television, we have to remember that all these uh, games were programmed for televisions that had completely different specifications to them, and as a result, they have to be kind of taken that original image and then run through a mathematical problem by the television to fit the new pixels and ratio. And in doing that, it takes a little bit of time. Now, it's not time that you and I would ever notice in passing, but mm-hmm. it's when it comes to these milliseconds, and it's the other big problem is that it varies so widely from television to television, but... Right. If you're into speedrunning, as you noted with Zelda, and um, it's one of the things I always notice with Super Mario 1, in that you, if you require a game for speedrunning, when you hit the button, you've got to know that it's going to go right then because you're always just kind of up against the edge trying to, to get through these as quickly as possible. So uh, I don't know if I could expect this to be adopted by the speedrunning um, community. You're more in tune with, I think, the community as a whole. I don't know. Have you heard them talk about it or anything mentioned on it? I haven't heard anybody talking about this in the speedrunning community, but I have, um, when you submit your scores or whatever, they accept emulated runs, depending on what emulator you're using. So um, with this, I'm not sure if this will change things, because if you can get uh, close to frame perfect now on certain things, it might change the way people view emulated stuff. But a lot of these people are using um, the carts that and well they actually take a flash cart and and still stream that way um so sure. they could use it in, in a modded in a modded way so i don't think this is going to change much as far as the way people perceive emulation i think um with something along the lines of a speed run i think those are more true to form um than like an arcade speed run uh, but then again, I'm not really opposed to people playing on a MAME cabinet and doing a speed run because uh, unless it's Billy if Mitchell, you're, if you're doing it in front of people, what's the difference? You know what I mean? So sure. um, other than I guess you could overclock it, which then makes me look stupid. But uh, which I think they showed the overclocking in that uh, uh, the one with the man versus snake where the game about Nibbler, where that one dude was actually overclocking his board. So his yeah. snake would load faster. So and that stuff adds up when you're playing for 48 straight hours, of course. So, right. Yeah, because it's the uh, fatigue that gets you, not the game at that point. Yeah. Just standing yeah, there and playing gonna, it for so long. But in a game like Mario Brothers, where it takes five minutes or well, about four minutes and some change to beat the game, and you need frame perfect jumps, it could get more people into the game. I think, and um, maybe bridge that gap a little bit between console and emulator. Yeah, and I also didn't explain. Um, the technicals on it, the way it works. Have you have you figured? Uh, it's really kind of weird uh, how this works to really reduce the lag. Uh, what it does is it 
You've, you're familiar how in some emulators you can rewind, right? It's basically saving a state at every frame for X number of frames, so that if you want to rewind, it just goes through each frame as a save as a loading a save state, basically. Um, what this will do is this it, the the emulator when you press a button on the controller, it will basically load the frame before you actually pressed the button and then apply the input then. And for whatever reason, it, it's almost like it kind of skips the required lag that the console itself has by uh, working around that. So the idea is it may not necessarily fix the problem with like a lag on a television, but it will certainly get you closer um, by its design. So yeah, just really kind of weird. I, I don't know who the hell even thought, <laughs> figured that out, thought it up, but um, it's a pretty interesting approach that I don't think anybody had considered. And and that's crazy to think about too. They've been emulators for like Nintendo and stuff. They've been around since, gosh, like the mid '90s. So yeah, about right. 25 years. So yeah, pretty cool development. I really hope it changes. I mean, I just really want hardware that I can put my games in that will reduce input lag to zero. That's what I want, without like spending I, a whole bunch of money on a frame meister. Right. You know what I mean, like I just that's not what I want. Like I want to hook up my normal Nintendo through. Well, I really wish they had came out with a top loader that had RCA output, but the original Nintendo, at least there's a video out that I can use. I just really wish yep. that they came up with something that I could just attach to my original hardware that would make it work. But I don't, I mean, I don't think that's actually possible other than actually sending right. have a mod. But even when you have a mod, you still have input lag. So, yep. does, and the mods your, themselves does your AVS have a little either. input lag? You know, very little. Um, I'm actually really happy with it. I. <laughs> I, I think I have to kind of adjust just a little bit for Super Mario 1, and that's kind of what I the metric I, I measure it by. Um, but certainly way better than, like, that Super Nintendo Classic Mini I have, which also, no discernible lag, right? If you're just somebody picking up a game and you haven't played it, it's not mm-hmm. even irritating. But uh, it's just something that, uh, with the AVS, no, it, it's probably not perfect, but, man, it's close. But And you also said those are that's kind of an expensive proposition too i think that thing's like what 185 bucks or something yeah. like that yeah so definitely yeah the upscaling to me isn't nearly as important as being able to actually play my games the way they're meant to be played you know that's that's what i'd like to have so yeah all right phil Can't blame you there let's talk about loot boxes a uh, in belgium it looks like they have made loot boxes illegal and are considered gambling loot boxes yeah. gambling or no phil i would say yeah um i at the same time it's a careful it's not like a super hard yeah i think that it it's, it's kind of tough to navigate but at the end of the day it you're kind of purchasing these items that are you know you're purchasing an opportunity so there's so much luck involved that I don't know how to say it isn't like gambling. I'm sure that there are, I'm sure that there may be very clear distinctions that are very important and I'm just not thinking of them. But at the end of the day, it's still resulting in people kind of, kind of putting a lot of money into something that's, I, I imagine has the same addictive behaviors as gambling. Um, so I don't know. Well, how do you feel? Do you feel it's gambling? Oh, it's super gambling. And I don't see it any yeah. other way. In fact, I think it's almost... I mean, I think it's, it is criminal the way some of these games work where mm-hmm. they will promise you a minimum of X, but what you're really hoping for is Y. Right. Okay. Um, so one of my favorite game franchises of all time is Madden football. 
over the last few years, Madden has come up with this thing called Ultimate Team, where essentially you build a team based on the players you have drafted via cards and packs that you can open uh, to get you know higher level cards. Well, what starts off as fun and you building a team quickly turns into a pay-to-play situation where you're spending actual money on trying to improve your team with cards and the hope that you get a 90-something overall linebacker than, than you've been looking for. And then so all of a sudden now you're buying Madden currency and you're spending it on these packs in order to pull this, right? And of course, different level packs have different levels of players. So you're forced in order to compete at a high level to spend an incredible amount of money on these cards in order to get a player that you need. And it's only one player. And it's not like you can sell the player back um, to get what you need. You could trade them in for like other upgrades and stuff like that. But it's insane. I actually, hopefully my girlfriend's not listening. I spent an incredible (laughs) amount of money on Madden just trying to get my team competitive. So when I went to play another human player in order to, you know, move myself up the Madden ladder, I had to have these things. Cause if you did it without paying, there was no, you had no chance. And when right. I was watching like the Madden tournaments on ESPN, those guys have these players that are just incredibly expensive players to get. Uh, and while you can put them up on the auction house, um, people still are spending an arm and a leg uh, to get these, these players. And it's, Man, um, you know, you mentioned someone's like, well, I'm, there might be a gray area here. Or you mentioned like, I'm not sure if it's super gambling, but imagine you putting your money in a slot machine and you're pulling, hoping to get the big jackpot, right? And mm-hmm. in the meantime, you keep getting these little wins. You keep getting these little wins and you keep getting more money to keep yourself going uh, until the money runs out, which is more likely than you getting the jackpot, right? That's the same sure. as buying these cards. And if you move into something like, you know, I think Battle, what, Star Wars Battlefront had the same issue where in order to get, like, the Darth Vader, you had to spend just a super duper amount of money in order to make that happen. And most of the people playing those games are kids, and they're begging their parents for a credit card so they can buy Mm -hmm. in-game currency to go out and buy these loot boxes in the hopes of getting their favorite character. Now, things like Fortnite... Okay, where it's all DLC. Once, if you want to buy a season pass, you can. It's ten dollars, twenty five dollars, or whatever. But their in game currency, like the stuff that you buy, it's you could see it, like, and it doesn't actually improve your gameplay at all. So it's not pay to play. Now, while you can go out and get a cool like outfit, it doesn't make you jump higher. It doesn't make you shoot faster. It's just a skin that you can wear that you know maybe represents your personality. So in that right. regard, I'm, I'm all about DLC. That's cool. Like if somebody wants to spend, you know, five bucks to get this kind of these kind of shoes, that's awesome. At least you know what you're getting. Now, when you start spending ten dollars in the hopes of getting something that's straight up gambling and that needs to be mentioned a million times over that kids are literally gambling. And I'm not so, sure this is the way for a life lesson. So, like, when you mention a slot machine, right, one of the first things that came to mind for me, um, and this is just playing devil's advocate, I'm not trying to suggest that they're the same, but 
you remember these capsule machines, right? Outside of grocery stores as a kid, you go put 50 cents in it, turn the knob, and a, a little leg will come out, and there's going to be some crappy toy in it of a varying degree. Um, and you would even see on the front, they'd even show you, here's what could be in all these things. And there would probably be like one cool thing on there, but it was never actually what you got in the egg. Is this really the same as that, but in an electronic form? You can make that argument, but also I would make the argument to you that it's 50 cents. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I mean, 50 cents is 50 cents. It's still, you're still paying to play, right? But in, yeah. in that regard, I mean, there, it's 50 cents and it's a toy. And when you're sick, you're only, you're only catering at that point to a, a person who's under the age of what, 10, maybe? Probably yeah, even sure. less than that. And while they'll be disappointed that they got the sticker instead of the bouncy ball, mm-hmm. they'll still appreciate, I would think, at the end of the day, that they got that, right? But when you're getting Man, a little older... Man, you must older, not want a bouncy ball as bad as I do. That sticker sucks. <laughs> yeah, that sticker does suck. Because where are you going to put it? Your Trapper Keeper, right. which has already got enough cool <laughs> colors as it is. <laughs> you don't want to ruin that yep. scheme or that Lisa Frank pen that you've been chewing on. Yeah, exactly. That Lisa last... Frank. The... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's awesome. levels to this, but I'm, I guess I'm just considering the fact that if you buy a bouncy ball, it doesn't make you more competitive in a game or more yeah, competitive in right. life, right? This totally, stuff, totally. however, is designed to make you more competitive in a game because you need to have it in order to be competitive in that game. Right. Totally. That's a, and that's a very good point. Um, and so I'm generally so against the idea of paying anything beyond the initial purchase of a game. And if it's free, I just assume that it's either not going to be of the quality I would want or I'm the product, right? Or it's going to be completely, um, the economy is totally going to just focus on these microtransactions. So what is, like on Madden, you were making that call, like what was a microtransaction? What was a pack? What was one roll of the dice? What that run you back then? Uh, again, it depends on the levels. Um, oh, okay. But so I could spend, I could buy Madden currency for like, you know, let's say 20 bucks, $25. Okay. Um, I could spend all that on one pack if I wanted to. Oh, I see. All right. Um, but a lot of the times you could also like, you know, buy, you know, pack for a couple bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks, okay. you know, it depends. Uh, and, and of course, Madden comes out with like these different games within the game as like the season progresses. So let's say, so during fall, right during Thanksgiving, they had what was called Madden Harvest, where they had these harvest players who you could turn into like a super overall Barry Sanders, like old card. But the problem is, is in order to get all these cards to make that Sanders card, you had to collect these other ones uh, to make it. And in order to make that, of course you have to pay a lot more. And there's a lot of kids out there who spend a hundred bucks just to make this one card happen. You know what I mean? There's people who are literally spending thousands of dollars on Madden just to have a good digital team. And I could sit there and be like, wow, that's an amazing price to pay. But also, like, I used to play Madden competitively. But that back then, you just played with a team that was already made. <laughs> they didn't have the uh, the ultimate teams that they do now. Right. But I can understand being so into a game and feeling that you have to compete so much that you spend the money to keep up. I just, that's not me anymore. But I did spend more yeah, money than I wanted to on that game this year because I felt like I, I was actually 
into the game enough that I wanted to compete a little bit. It's not like I'm going out to tournaments mm-hmm. or anything like that. But when I did play tournaments back in the day, you know, it was that was something different, man. And I bet you would do anything you could to to get an edge on your player. And if it meant one guy was a 96 overall versus somebody who wasn't, that would make all the difference in a lot of positions. So sure. No, of course, uh, that makes sense. It, to me, there is no gray area here. It's straight up gambling. And I don't, if you were going to have microtransactions micro in the game, you need to make it clear to kids that this is gambling. You are, in fact, taking a risk. Your odds to get this card are one in, you know, 100 or something. There has to be right. some, there needs to be more transparency in those transactions. And I say this. But come Madden time uh, in August, I'm probably going to be ignoring it and then be like, oh, I got to get this card. And, you know, here's 100 bucks. And then my girlfriend's like, hey, you want to go to dinner? I was like, no, I can't afford it. Been playing Madden. <laughs> sure. No, that's a good call. And I think that, you know, it makes me think of it seems like the software companies and EA is obviously the, the biggest proponent of this. So they'll tie up a real life licensing deal like they do with the NFL um, for Madden. And uh, they've kind of danced a little bit with even the NCAA with some of their college-level sports titles, which I don't think they even really make anymore. But what they do is they can, when the NFL, as much as EA is going to pay for it, they're going to get exclusive rights. And I think then they can just kind of gut the market. They're able to charge what they want. There's no other game in town, right? There's no competition for the best NFL football game. If you want to play NFL football, you have to play Madden. And uh, it's just kind of a bummer. EA's done that. And uh, and I think, hell, if nothing else, it's almost like you, if you want a certain type of game and you're interested in uh, multiplayer online, then you have to gravitate to the most popular one. And then inevitably, the most popular one is going to put the Spurs to you because they're the only game in town for that reason too. So, yeah, it's just kind of a bummer. It's a disappointment to see the monetization of casual gaming like that, uh, especially coming from an era where just the lack of connectivity in the way we have it now, you just couldn't do that if you wanted. You paid up front, um, and you just got the whole game experience that was in the box, which, you know, now I'm like, well, back in my day, like, you know, <laughs> this kind of – yeah. bitching about how things turned out, but I don't know. It sucks. Uh, at least it does to me. I think that you got a better deal as a as a consumer mm-hmm. when it was in that style, as opposed to now where um, I don't know. Just the whole the whole part of buying games now and the amount of money we have to put into them. It's just it's way weirder <laughs> than I think it needs to be, and it's weirder to the benefit of the companies that sell them, and and not to the benefit of the consumer. So it's a bummer. I honestly think a lot of it has to do with the fact that so the price of a video game hasn't really changed that much over the last 30 years if you think about it. I right. mean, a I new agree. video game for just about any system has always cost right around, what, 50 or $60? Yeah. Like, I can't remember spending less than $60 on a video game that wasn't used in a long time, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, so they they are cheaper now, and only based on kind of an asterisk, right? Or yeah, asterisk. based There's, on uh, you know inflation. natural inflation and, and stuff like that. Right. So I understand these companies needing to make money with DLC. I get it. Oh, nobody's trying to keep the lights on with this stuff. I mean, they're setting like record-breaking revenues. They're comp- they're making more money than like they're in competition with Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, right. 
yeah, yep. There's a lot of money that goes into this and the DLC. Uh, if you know a company like Epic who makes Fortnite, they're making all of their money on DLC, all of it on mm-hmm. DLC. And yep. you know they get me hooked on a skin, and I'll spend ten bucks on it because I know that I'm going to play with that skin for a while, and I feel good about that kind of purchase because at least I know what I'm getting. Um, yeah. So I'm not against DLC. I'm against shady ass DLC. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Put the money in here and we'll see what you get. I, yeah, I completely take your point. And especially because like you said, with DLC, at least you know what you're getting. Um, you can make the informed decision, but you, you're just not in a position to do that when it's just a straight up uh, loot box, which is why I'm glad that they made it illegal in in uh, Belgium. And I, as far as I know, there are, there's efforts underway to try to pass legislation in the state of Hawaii that will make it illegal there. And if it does, it, it may kind of complicate the way that game, uh, basically game publishers sell their titles. And so if more states adopted that same path, eventually there's going to, you probably wouldn't want to be a big software house that's going to publish one version of the game for Hawaii. Right. And then some other state and then you get 48 other versions uh for each state so yeah it, it could hopefully if enough uh governments get together or if people kind of make enough noise that hey this isn't cool um and they call it out for what it is yeah hopefully we'll see some change on it but who knows depending on what the headache causes so ea used to make the college football franchise ncaa football mm-hmm. franchise they just quit making it because they didn't want to deal with the headache with the ncaa and the licensing um with some of the players that were obviously right. the players, and they just didn't have names. They just had the numbers. But you could easily yep. go in and edit the information. So literally, you would be playing with a top college player, uh, and he was not seeing a dime of that money, just like they don't see a right. dime of anything that comes in uh, revenue-wise. You know, plays like Alabama's making right. you know, money hand over fist, and meanwhile, some kid struggles to eat enough food because it's against NCAA regulations. Um, yep. So... You know, you could see EA just completely do away with DLC. That might mm-hmm. make some people mad, the, the people who spent thousands of dollars on Madden. Um, but, you know, it, it. I think EA is not in the business of getting getting their hands dirty with lawsuits, I'll tell you that. So, right. I think, no, uh, I don't think they are. Either. I think you'll, you'll see some changes. Or, or maybe when it comes to DLC, you'll know, like, hey, if you want to spend $100 on this card, you could spend $100 on this card and get it. You're not going to. Uh, gamble gamble for it yeah totally absolutely i know we had some other things on this list we want to talk about but you know i wanted to ask i want to talk a little bit about uh some tv and oh right on you know westworld is back oh yep uh and have i mean have you been watching this season have you seen all the episodes this season i have i think we're at we're two in yes two in yeah our boy bernardold is out stro- strolling, uh, a little lost uh, right now. Yep. Um, but uh, I'm interested to see where this show goes, and I guess we should probably oh, man, you me know, too. say spoiler alert if you have not. I know. <laughs> I was just about to ask you that. Westworld. Is this going to be something where uh, for the folks listening at home to expect them to be along for the ride and catch this stuff a few days after it airs, or... Well, Spoiler if you like this podcast, you should be watching Westworld anyway. Um, right, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but no, it's exactly it is we're not g- gonna get too deep into it anyway. But um, sure, you know what are some what are your some what are some of your go to TV shows right now? We can do a full on Westworld recap some other time. But 
um, you know, what are some things that the, well, the folks should be well, watching? Well, uh, one thing I'll say about Westworld before we jump over other shows um, that I thought, and I don't think it spoils anything, but I just, because I love it. I think it's one of the best shows um, ever, and um, I think it's just really, really smartly written, like one of the, the best written shows I've seen. So I really like it. And what I did realize, though, as this season's going on, is that I think it's been kind of great. The show is it's starting to reveal itself more as a show about a man who created the most human robot that he could, Arnold, right? I, this whole right. time, I kind of felt the show was about uh, Robert Ford, the man played by, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the excellent actor's name all of a sudden? Hopkins. Thank you, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Um, yeah, I always kind of thought it maybe it was about him, or maybe it was even, um, and it's certainly about Dolores, one of the primary hosts in the world. But yeah, now it suddenly clicked in my mind, like, oh, this is really a story about Arnold. So I'm really excited to see, they've really, this was like the first time, last season it was all about the West, and they kind of kept it, you didn't know that we were 10,000 years in the future, or 100 years, or whatever it was, just that it was somewhere in the future. And now um, it's been exciting, they're finally kind of getting out and showing you what is really happening in the world this is all based in. So yeah, it's been excellent. But uh, as for other shows that I highly recommend, I've been jonesing for one particular show lately. I just can't get it out of my head. I love it. Can't wait for it to come back. Uh, Mr. Robot. Have you watched any Mr. Robot, Rich? No, but you've been telling me all about this Mr. Robot. Love it. So good. It's really, really great television, And I too. probably should check it out. Where can I consume the show Mr. Robot? That's on Amazon Prime. It okay. airs on USA. Um, okay. Characters welcome, TM. It might be but, something I um, pop on while I'm grading sometime and just sort of like, you know, get into it. That's how I got into Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, I would watch the first episode without grading. And then if you think it's the kind of show that you can kind of watch and grade, go for it. But I, it may drag you in. Like, it would be like, I don't know if you would want to watch Westworld while you graded papers. No, you can't because you blank, you're going to be in a different I, timeline. Right. I think that's this show may be more on that side of things than on Sons of Anarchy. Okay. All right. I'll but give it a shot. I highly right. recommend it. And then I'm going to give you another one. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but uh, Handmaid's Tale is back. Uh, yep. Yeah. That Have you watched Handmaid's Tale? Well, I've seen parts of it, right? I, and it's great. It's, it seems like it's excellently done. Uh, my wife is a huge fan. She watches it. Uh, but... I'm a bit of a wuss with the content, right? Like, in terms of despicable crimes and, like, acts of of people, that show's pretty pretty tough. It's got some really tough scenes. So, I don't know. Um, it seems very good. I think it the kind of cautionary tale is something I'm very interested in because it's, you know, know very much... I know, uh, The things they bring up that show, it's just like, you know, you, right. you want to think of it as a dystopian Spooky. future, but also it's like, mm-hmm. it could really happen... <laughs> yeah, if it's, yeah, it's a spooky show one in that way, regard because you know? it's 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 not to, it's not so out of left field that there's just no f no fucking way it's gonna work, right? It's it's it, and I don't think at all that that is going to happen. No, but uh, it's the kind of thing not. that it it seems like that's the future that arrives after a world gets weird with how information is shared and people begin to wall each other off from people that don't share the same views and. I don't know. Some of that kind of rings true to the world we're in today. So, yeah, totally. It's, it's a pretty spooky show when you think about it like that. I think the Ready Player One future is more likely than the Handmaid's Tale future. But um, yeah, probably. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just hopeful at that point. 
Um, yeah, that's kind of the old question, right? It's a sure yeah. thing we're going to have a dystopia, but now you have to ask yourself, is it going to be 1984 or Brave New World? <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> that's kind of the same thing. You're going to have either Handmaid's Tale as the 84 and um, Ready Player One more like Brave New World. Right. Yeah. So other things I've been watching, Silicon Valley, of course. I love that show. That show is... I've never of, seen that. The, seriously? Yeah, I've heard it's really awesome, but no, I've not seen it. You definitely... I tell you what, I'll make you this deal. We'll swap. I'll watch Mr. Robot, you uh, watch Silicon Valley. All right. Um, you know, do you remember the last time we had the swap? I think it was a, a great win for both of us. Yeah, because it, it wasn't a Breaking Bad versus Game of Thrones? It was. That's right. I didn't want to watch Game of Thrones, and you didn't want to watch Breaking Bad, and I think we both got a win out of that trade because I, I certainly, I certainly really enjoy it. I definitely love Breaking Bad. That's really good. Which means awesome. I need to get good. caught up on Better Call Saul, if I'm being honest. Like, I have not. I've, yeah. I watched the first season, but I have not got back to it yet. I probably needed to do that because I thought the first season of Better Call Saul was great. Bob Odenkirk is, yeah. like, a legit oh, so good. freaking actor. Absolutely. And, but then you also remember. Yeah, he's a real actor who pretends he's a comic, right? Like, right. He's, he's really good. So Bob Odenkirk, when he was goofy on Mr. Show, mm-hmm. and then I, I remember him from, like, doing his shit on Tim and Eric. You know what I mean? It's like, Bob Odenkirk. Right. This is it, man. You've, you've hit Cinco. You're Cinco. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he does really, really good work acting. And, you know, you see him in all these other shows. Like, he was he did a cameo in um, Entourage when it was out. He played, like, Mark Cuban's lawyer or something like that. And he was just – even the few scenes he had were really good. So Bob Odenkirk, I think, is super underrated. I will not go yeah. as far as to call him a pop culture icon like I did Sean Astin. And I will not <laughs> like say that. that I want to punch <laughs> him in the face like Ron Perlman. But sure. I do think Bob Odenkirk deserves some love. So absolutely. Shout out to Bobby. You know, as you're doing all that, yeah. Shout out to Bob. As you're doing all the name dropping, I just realized for a, I think, a complete inbo- a complete inbox podcast first. I don't know that I talked shit on any famous person this hour. Hate to leave people out down and out about it, um, but we may just have to go without this week. We could maybe no pick find something. I had Corey Haim last week. Did you end up watching that uh, thing with uh, <laughs> me, myself, and I? I did. Oh, oh my, god. my god, I did. Dude. So is he the better or worse Corey after watching that? Uh, he's the worst Corey. Yeah, he sure yeah, is. Yeah, Sorry, Corey Haim. <laughs> you have now hit the worst Corey. And you know what's funny? Fuck you, Is Corey I still Haim. can't hmm. think of any other Corys. Other than, the only one I can think of that we forgot was Corey Booker. That's it. Oh, yeah, Corey Booker. Sure. He's a good dude. Like I'm down with Corey Booker. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, I've only heard great things. So other than that, I'm just low on Corey's. Yeah, low just on like Corey's. Just like my testosterone, I'm low it. on my T's, like the doctor says. I'm low on, low on the Corey's. Well, what about, what about sports? Do you are there no Corey athletes that come to mind? Corey Pavin was. I a don't golfer. have any. Okay. Uh, well, I have zero. I just know that you're a good encyclopedia for yeah. some, <laughs> some great. I remember Corey I Pavin, know. the golfer. He won the U.S. Open. Uh, that was his only major, I believe. Um, if we're going to get into encyclopedia talk, oh my God, what other Corys are there that played sports? My God. I guess it's just not a very good sports name. Corey it's Crawford's as bad as a goalie sports. for the Blackhawks. There's a Corey. There you go. Right on. So that, I think that's five Corys right there. So that, that's so good. It's Corey Crawford, Corey Pavin, Corey Booker, Corey Haim, 
and Corey, Corey Feldman. Feldman. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Five Corys. We should put that on a T-shirt. This is top five Corys in no particular order. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Excellent. I think Good call. We've, I think we're onto something. This is the best podcast ever when we can't think of five <laughs> Corys who we deserve to be on a T-shirt. But now we do. So if there's anybody out there now listening who makes T-shirts, feel free to send one to the Complete Inbox podcast. Uh, you can send us a message, and I'll throw you an address. And I'll yeah. gladly take what a, a bargain. Uh, t-shirt. Yeah, what a bargain. What a, what, what a bargain for that person out there making T-shirts for, for us for nothing. That's awesome. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate it in advance, kind listener. Thank yeah. you. Screen printing is so easy. Just make that right now, and I'll, you know, I'll see you tomorrow. You can direct ship that immediately. <laughs> The five quarry t shirt. Oh my god, that's so good. In no particular order, except Haim. Straight to the bottom. The uh, dude was like you saw that video, the dude was basically like the early nineties equivalent to Justin Bieber. There is no Terrible. Justin. And Justin Bieber is butt. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. I don't right. even want to bring anyway. up Justin Bieber in my podcast. You you soiled No, I just did it. You've soiled Ruined our it. podcast. <laughs> I need to get like a instead of a swear jar. It's like a terrible reference jar. It's like Phil, what the fuck, man? Why'd you bring up Justin Bieber? Like what a terrible Put a dollar in the jar. Human, and his dad's no better. You know what I mean? Like it's just the whole Bieber family can eat a bunch of. Butts. Oh, I don't know any details on that. You look up Justin I'll, Bieber's dad, me. and you'll understand a lot. All right. I remember you got me up to speed back in the old Britney Spears days <laughs> where I didn't understand kind of the people who ran the puppet. And you were like, no, nah, dude, her whole family is a fucking wreck. <laughs> so I guess I'm not terribly yeah. surprised to learn that uh, yeah. it's the same for Justin Bieber. There's not a whole lot of star families out there who are like real upstanding citizens. <laughs> right. You know, everybody's right. got everybody has their own end game. You know, it's like any parent who puts their kid in a in a. Uh, fashion show or beauty contest mm-hmm. it's like it's not about the kid at that point it's about your ego oh right uh, i was thinking about that when you bring that up the idea of pageants right how the fuck what, that's got to be such as i don't like a circle jerk in terms of the money that gets involved in that right like who's got a friday night out and they're like oh my gosh you know what they're doing they're gonna have a little baby like a baby beauty pageant let's go and pay admission like where do prizes People get into that. I don't know. I just thought it was crazy that they even compete in that at all. Oh. It's got to be such an expensive, dead-end like, world. How many parents and grandparents are there, right? So let's say right. your baby's right. in, a, in a pageant. Mom and dad are going. Grandma and grandpa may be going. Brother and sister, yep. 1,000% are not going. So yeah. it's like how many people fill up a room like that? And people who don't have access to those babies, what the F <laughs> are you doing there? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Maybe there no is some weird skin in this there. game. Like get out. Like that's now you're just yeah. a creep. That whole thing creeps me yep. out. Like the Tyler's Tyler's and Tierra thing is just it makes me uncomfortable. It really 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 yeah. does. Yeah. I feel like America's made it pretty they they're trying to make it more and more clear that we're ready to forget about a few things culturally. One is clowns as legit entertainment. <laughs> and and these baby pageants have got to fucking go. But uh, then and more to come. Clowns <laughs> and, and, and baby pageants. Get them out. Get, yep. Beat it. Get out of here, clown. <laughs> Steve Mahanahan's Child Cloud Outlet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what's Good funny old, is I actually did. Stuff. I watched some of Tim and Eric's greatest uh, moments on the YouTube. 
and it just like trans oh, yeah. transformed me to a time where life was simpler and I didn't have a lawn to mow. And I uh, want yeah, I want I to go to there. It was awesome. Yep. <laughs> I did yeah. the same thing recently, but uh Kate was watching it with me and Casey came on screen and he's covered in Vaseline and she about threw up on herself and <laughs> I don't think she's got the stomach for it. <laughs> and neither do I probably to be honest, the stomach that you need to watch Tim and Eric. I forgot all about it. Oh, and like I'm afraid to watch that movie again because I remember the billion dollar movie. I never finished it. I couldn't finish it. It was so bad. I could right. not finish it. It's so bad. I it's just spent with ten dollars from Comcast at oh. the time that like you can like rent movies early. Dude, I spent ten dollars mm-hmm. on the F movie just to rent it. And I <laughs> ugh, it was so gross. That's awesome. Money well spent. See, that was your loot box right there. They didn't fucking tell you how bad it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it was just a dice roll. Oh, dude. So Good true. Stuff. So freaking true. Um, all right. Well, we are about out of time, Phil. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask you before we shut down. Did you happen to see Infinity War, um, the new Avengers movie? No. Man, I'm going to be in deep shit. So I haven't watched any of the Marvel Universe movies except for like some of the real old ones and Captain America. They're good. I don't have any reason except that I got behind and now it's hard to get caught up. Okay, well here's so, a, here's a tip. Okay, if you want to just if you want the quick road to Infinity War, okay? Mm-hmm. You need to watch probably the original Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, you'll need to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Have you seen these yeah, yet? I haven't seen those either. No, I haven't. Okay, you're going to love Guardians. You'll love Guardians, okay? Yeah, I bet I will. It looks so great. So you need to watch... You probably need to watch both Guardians, actually. You need to watch Guardians 1 and 2, and then you'll need to watch Thor Ragnarok. Okay. And then the original Avengers movie, and you should be... Oh, you'll need to watch Doctor Strange too. And then you Oh, sh- yeah, because I haven't seen that. Then you should be that should be your quick road to Infinity War. Um have what was the other I have yeah, I don't think the Ant Man is probably very crucial. What about uh, the one with uh it, it's the really foul one. It's it's also very funny. I've seen parts of it. They got a sequel coming out. It's got uh the guy who gets his face all his whole body's melted and he's trying to Shit. Come on, man. I just can't think of the guy's name. He used to date Alanis Morissette. I don't know why that's the only thing I can remember about this dude. Dave Coulier? No, <laughs> Uncle Joey, Uncle yeah. Joey attacks. No, uh, are you talking about Deadpool? I can't remember the dude's name. Van Wilder, Van Wilder. Yeah, Deadpool. That yeah, Deadpool has nothing to do with this. Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool has nothing to do with the the uh, uh, adventure. Oh, did anybody do an Infinity War? Oh, okay. Oh, really? I didn't know that at all. I thought he was in this one. No, he has nothing to do with that. At least in this universe that we live in now, uh, Deadpool. Have you seen Stands Alone? Infinity War. What's that? Have you seen Infinity War? I have seen Infinity War. And what were your thoughts? I liked it, but I can't. I, I honestly, I can't say anything other than that. Uh, it's just sure. it was it was it was a good movie. It was different than any of the Marvel Universe movies that I've seen. Was it darker? There were some dark points. There were some points that made you laugh. Um, okay. You know, there are some points where some people may get a little teary eyed. Uh, so there's some sure. heavy moments. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a must watch. I really do. Uh, it's probably it's one of my yeah. favorite movies in the Marvel universe so far, and I really want to oh, watch good. it again because I hear that it gets better the second time you watch it. So, uh, with that being said, I'm not saying you have to watch it. I don't want to do like a whole Avengers like recap or anything like that because I don't think you or I are really equipped to handle that sort of sure. heavy weight. Because I, I, 
will admit that I am not like a full on comic book nerd at all. In right. fact, all my comic yeah. book lore comes from the movies. So yeah, um, same. Yep. But uh, I would definitely suggest seeing Infinity War. And if you need a quick jump into watch Iron Man, uh, the two Guardians movies, Thor Ragnarok uh, and the Avengers movie, and you'll be good to go. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely check those out. Um, I just need to get around to doing it. I think, if nothing else, uh, come September, and, <laughs> and we'll be having a lot more time, probably just home with the, the baby a little in, so I know ba, it's still ba, more ba, than a few ba, months ba, out. Ba, baby, ba, 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 baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, I definitely need to make time. I've heard it's just uh, it's really good, and the stuff the scenes I've seen so far just seem awesome. So yeah, I'll, I'll get caught up. It's quite the joyride. All right, yeah, well, that does it, it for the like Complete it. Inbox podcast. Make sure you check us out on iTunes your or the Apple podcast app, Stitcher. And also, Phil, big news, we're on Google Play now. So oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're there right now. Our application to Spotify is still pending. So that's so they could take a few weeks. But you can still They're catch real sticklers us over there. almost anywhere else podcasts are found. Uh, and we'll be back again next week with some more Complete Inbox podcast. See you later, Phil. See you, Rich.